episode six, I'd create something just for them. Hello again, and welcome to our winter edition. It's a bit cold out there, so sit back and enjoy a bit of art, inclusive style. So this month's episode is all about making art inclusive, and it's been great to wrap up and get out and chat to people who are doing some amazing work. This month's title comes from an artist, a writer we were working with, who was new to working with people with additional needs. And as we were exploring some classic literature and talking about how we might make it accessible, she stopped for a moment and said, well, I probably wouldn't tackle anything like this. I'd create something just for them. Now, I'm sure we can all hear the kindness in that comment, and I'm not thinking for a minute that this isn't often absolutely appropriate. When you think of the wealth of art out there, it does seem a shame not to consider using it. Dion Matthew Spence is the Learning and Access Office of a Lotherton Hall, which she describes as a house of many stories, including a strong social history story of the Gascoigne family who lived there. Despite there being some collections that are valuable, it's clear that access is an important part of the role. Some things are behind glass. A lot of things are actually open on open display. Uh, it is a home, it is a house, and we like to try and keep it that way. Uh, one of the unique selling points of Lotherton is that you do get to wander around as if the Gascoigne family had just left um, and you were just getting the sort of opportunity just to walk around to somebody else's house and who doesn't like having a little snoop? We trust our visitors not to touch things that are um, labelled don't touch. Um, or we have other ways of asking people not to touch, like putting holly leaves on chairs, which just means please don't sit there. Um, and although that does sound quite hands-off, that's not really our approach. Um, the, the don't touch signs are really more to do with conservation rather than anything else. And we do like to offer something for everyone. Um, and that might be either through quite traditional forms of written interpretation or it might be through things like our curiosity cabinets where um, people explore the objects inside them that relate to the rooms that they're in but there's very little to read and it's all about their own connections with objects um, and their own connections to what they are handling to what they see. So there's work being done around making existing art accessible, but what about the art itself that's currently on walls or in galleries? Does it and should it represent the diversity of the community in which it's shown? James Hill is director at Pyramid of Arts, based in Leeds, and their ethos is absolutely around making the work of people with learning disabilities accessible to a wider public. The art world isn't that accessible to people with learning disabilities, I guess, is a big issue. There's tons of kind of art on display in Leeds and plenty of opportunities for people to go and see it. And I think quite a good culture of trying to make that artwork accessible. But it's all, even that, within a kind of quite narrow field of, of fine art graduates and friends of fine art graduates and things like that. So there's a sort of wide art scene, but... Um, the work won't be by people with learning disabilities and often the audiences there won't be by people with learning disabilities. So in terms of accessibility it's a kind of three-way thing isn't it? You have to help, you have to support people in producing it and you have to support people in getting it up on the walls and then you have to support audiences in coming to find it and see it and look at it. If you think of art as being something that's got kind of a potential for positive social transformation, which I believe it is, then you've got to have a wider range of the work which is just being shown by the people who are already commercially successful or the people who are selling the work or the people who have already got a reputation because that sort of closes it off to everybody else. 
It was really interesting to hear that we can do the greatest job making art accessible, but if it doesn't represent the audiences going to see it, then those audiences are likely to feel excluded and ultimately won't then feel it's for them. We've talked about being consumers of art and the importance of making collections accessible, but what about the power of art to transform lives? Natalie Kierkos is an artist who works with children and young adults, as well as people with learning disabilities. Everyone deserves to be able to access the creative world around them. It's part of your learning um, from being a child all the way up into being an adult. It's um, part of who you are, really. You just need to tap into that, and that means you need to try lots of different things, but sometimes those things aren't available to everyone, so you need to make sure that they are finding the things that people use in their daily lives to then make them creative and think about using them in a creative way and it can totally transform someone's sort of picture of their world really like if they're living so in terms of like people with learning disabilities are living in sort of residential care or anything like that and they don't have you know pens or paper around it might be that there's paint or forks and knives and things like that and they can use them to just do something with and that might be just to use up time in their day or it might turn into something more than that and it's just important for them to be able to see that rather than just doing the the things that people think they should be doing. So making art inclusive seems to have a number of meanings. It's about ensuring that what's presented to us as professional isn't just the work of a select few and it's also about acknowledging the transformational power that participation in art has to affect people's lives. It feels like it's a much bigger question than we have time for in just one podcast, so perhaps we'll return to this one and discuss it more. As always, I want to encourage you to get in touch and offer your thoughts about making art inclusive, or about anything you'd like to share, really. Email us at podcasts at purplepatcharts.org, or find us on Twitter, at purplepatcharts, with the hashtag purplepodcast. Next time on the SEND Arts Practitioner, we're going to be looking at training. So if you have anything to add, then please do get in touch. That'll be in January, as we're taking a bit of a break over Christmas. So I hope you'll join me again in 2017. Thank you to our contributors, Dion Matthews-Spence, James Hill and Natalie Kierkos. The SEND Arts Practitioner is a Purple Patch production, supported by Cape UK. Cape UK.